So my dad wasn't supposed to be here. Um, <laughs> uh, Friday morning, or Friday after work, I was driving home, and uh, we live in Pendleton, Indiana, so uh, the street we live on, there's a row of houses, and our house is uh, right down that row, and I looked in the driveway, and I said, someone's truck's in the driveway. Did Tracy buy me a truck? And so uh, I pulled in, and it had Georgia plates on it. It was my dad. So thank you, Dad. Um, today we're going to look at uh, Romans 8, 12 through 25. And uh, just a little bit about myself. I usually sit back there, and if I hear something really good, I say amen. And uh, if you guys know, uh, you come here to Leavener. Uh, that's who I am because... I'm going to explain it to you while I'm talking, all right? Um, so if you guys want to look in the Word, I'm going to read out of the New American Standard today. And it says, So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Amen. Um, so that first part in the in verse uh, twelve says, "So then, so my so then happened in 1991 when my my parents dropped me off at a rehab center. I was uh, a drug addict and uh, probably had I think they told me I had about five to six different drugs in my system and." They left, and I'm there by myself. I had been running from God for a long time. I grew up in church. I knew who I was, and I didn't want any part of God. I didn't want any part of Jesus. Yeah. Um, he knew, and he knew it. Um, but he brought me to my knees that first night. And I knew that God and Jesus were the only people that were going to carry me through the next 90 days. In the, first, in the next two weeks, with all the things I was going to experience coming off these drugs and then having to deal with pain and having to deal with um, things that I had to work out within myself. And when I reflect that, I knew there was no one else that could help me except Jesus. When I left rehab and then had to go back in the world, I still had my struggles. I still didn't know totally who Jesus was. I just knew that he had my back. Um, then, fast forward, I went through a, uh, a divorce, and I can remember sitting in my uh, bedroom and my kids weren't in the uh, room next to me. And it was a very dark time for myself. And uh, I prayed to Jesus that night. And I can remember crying. And I was like, Lord, I've been, I, I accepted you in my heart. But I haven't given you all of me. I was still holding a lot of things. And I said, you know what, today I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to give you all of me 100%. Just like the word says, 
I'm going to give you my mind, my soul, and my body, and I'm going to I'm going to pursue you with all my heart. After that, I started reading this book. Uh, Michael Card is a, a Christian singer. I read this book that he wrote. It's called A Violent Grace. When I read it, it made me, man, I saw Jesus in a totally different light. It was kind of like Passion of the Christ, but it was in words. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he did all that for me? Seriously? And I was like, oh, man, I fell in love with him. I fell in love with him. And I started reading the word, pursuing him. And things like in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says I'm a new creation. Ephesians 1.13 says I'm sealed in him. What? Seated in heavenly places, Ephesians 2.6. I'm forgiven. Colossians 3.13. I needed to hear that because I'd done some really bad things. I was a horrible person back in 91. Very bad person. Colossians 2.13 I'm forgiven, justified, glorified, Romans 8.30. You're going to hear that next week from Rob. Sanctified, Hebrews 10.10. That's you, Luke. Perfected, this is Lukey's verse, Hebrews 10.14. I was made complete in Colossians 2.10. Holy and beloved, Colossians 3.12. In Christ, 1 John 5.20. And then last week, Nick said in Romans 8.1 that I'm not condemned. Wow. Seriously? I love him even more. And so when we see in the text, it says something I learned. It says, so then, in some of your texts, it might see therefore. You back up and... In verse 10 and 11 in Romans 8, it says, In Christ is in you, through the body is dead, because of sin. Yet the Spirit is alive because of, the right, of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ, Jesus, from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So the cherry on top, for me, was I have the Spirit now. (laughs) I love Him even more. Really? I understand all those verses, and now you give me the Spirit that's not going to condemn me because He's part of the Trinity, and if if God's not going to condemn me, my Spirit's not, the Holy Spirit's not going to condemn me, and neither is Jesus. So after that, you see a section in there. It says in 12, it says, Brethren, that's all of us, if you're a believer, we're under obligation not to live the flesh, to live according to the flesh. So that means to me, is so after, after we experience, what in my mind here, I still have a brain and... Uh, I have old habits and, a, and my, my addictions, my memories, right, are stored in there. And if I were, many of these was before I was a believer, right? 
And if I dwell in my flesh, then I can let my flesh influence my behavior. And then the power of sin puts thoughts in my mind. And if I hold those thoughts captive, I could walk in my flesh. And how it works is during the day, I will receive lots of thoughts. You're a horrible dad. None of your kids know Jesus. You, you're divor- you've been divorced. Right now, uh, I stand here and he's putting a thought in my mind. Hey, you know what? You're not from seminary, so they're not going to listen to you. <laughs> um, but that's how it works. The evil one is putting those thoughts. And I have the Holy Spirit that lives inside me, and he's saying, no, you're holy, you're righteous, you're redeemed. And in Bob's study, in the Roman study that all of us have read, he wrote in there, it says, indeed, if we live according to the flesh long enough and don't experience death, we'll find ourselves living as though we are dead. In fact, to live in a prolonged state of disobedience after knowing the peace of joy of fellowship with Christ results in nothing but defeat and despair. Joy and peace are restored through repentance and confession. Yet, because of Romans 8.1, God does not condemn us. Praise God. And that's what he's saying. And I hope you've you guys see people walking around and they're just miserable people. And especially that have tasted and seen and have experienced God. They're not living according to who they are. And I sometimes walk in my flesh, but I will recognize that I'm in my flesh and I'll turn my eyes off that and turn my and go back to abiding in Christ. I love that word abide. Jesus talks about it. He's abiding in the Father, and then I abide in Him. It's a cool thing. So, and we're going to pick up in 14. It says, For all who are being led by the spirits of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as fathers by which we cry, Abba, Father. Something that I heard when I was growing up in church was the Spirit's going to condemn you of everything you're doing. But a lot, I've read this verse that they kept on talking about, and it happens to be in John 16. And it's red letters in most of your Bibles. This is Jesus talking. I'm going to flip there. And it's 16, 8 through 9. And it says, And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteous and and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. They never added the verse 9 when I, when I was talked in church. (laughs) Wow. So the word's right, right? He ain't going to, he's not, what? So the spirit that lives inside me, he's not convicting me. He's not convicting you guys. 
He's convicting the world. The world according to their sin. Because they do not believe in me. Well, I believe in him. Okay. So that's that spirit. That, that's, that's the slavery, right? That we're, they're talking about. That the slavery before you knew Jesus, before you knew God, before you have experienced him. I was like, holy moly, it's right there. And see, the Spirit tells me that I'm redeemed, righteous, holy, perfect, loved, and forgiven. And thank you, Phil. This is what is going on. Before I was a believer, I lived in fear because I believed I had been, I didn't, I didn't have a part of God's family. But once I accepted Christ, I've been grafted in his family. And that's why it says I'm going to be a son of God. And the next verse um, in 15, where it ends in adoption of sons, which we cry out, Abba, Father. I read this uh, several times, and I was like, man, I've never, I can't break Jewish uh, words, and I can't come up here and explain what Abba means, and I had to read it in my Bible and dig in here, try to find out, well, it has to be in the Old Testament, right? Nope. I was like, why wouldn't it be in Old Testament? That's Hebrew, right? But then I stumbled across this verse, and it's in Mark. And it's 14, 36. And again, this is red letters. Jesus talking. And he said, he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Wow. So I pondered what that meant, right? So Jesus is in the garden. He's praying this. He's about to die on the cross for all you guys and all and me. He is submitting to the Father's will, to God's ultimate plan. And when I love God with all my heart and I submit to him, that's when that verse in Romans 8 comes alive for me. That's what I stumbled on. It says, adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Because I understand everything I just told you that I that I discovered who Jesus was, what he did for me, and why wouldn't I love him? Why wouldn't I want to submit my life to him? And if that's Jesus's will to submit to the Father, maybe I always was told a lot of people like, well, I want to know what the will of God is. Well, maybe the will of God is just for you to submit to the Father. Submit to the Spirit. Pursue Him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Because I can tell you this, I don't sit in any rooms anymore saying, Scott, I'm a, I'm a drug addict. I sit in a room every Friday morning with Luke and the guys, and I say, I'm redeemed, I'm holy, I'm righteous. And what I used to struggle with in those 
the pain that I had had, those, those things, I, I, when Jesus increases in my life, those things are in the back. They're in the past. That's, that's how it works with me. I hope that's how it works with you guys. When you're pursuing him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, you're not going to you're not going to die. You will live, like in verse thirteen says. And the holy and then and in sex in sixteen, this is awesome. This whole thing's awesome. It says the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Are you kidding me? I'm a child of God now. It's nothing I did except believe in Him. I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to pray. I don't have to get in my car and listen to my favorite singer, Crowder. I don't have to listen to him. I don't have to do those things. But I do that because I understand what he did for me. And what he did for me in that horrible death that he did and rise again on the cross, it's amazing. And when tough times come in my life, and I'm going through a season, my wife and my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law, and I love you guys. Over the last year, year and a half, they basically have been canceled from their family. And we have not had contact with our daughter, our granddaughter, and they haven't had contact with their daughters, their mom and dad. It's, it's a very painful process. And when, I'm just going to admit, it, it's like, it's hard. It's hard. And when pain comes and sorrow comes and you're crying because you can't see your daughter or your granddaughter or you can't see family, this stuff here comes alive even more. Because it's easy to walk away, right? But once you believe and you understand what Jesus has done for you, and I have, and my wife, I mean, we we there's some days we're we're happy, we're love. I mean, we're singing, we're praising God, and then the evil one comes and puts those thoughts in your mind, like you can't see your granddaughter, you can't see your son, you're a horrible person. That's how it works. And, but I tell her, I tell us, uh, tell me, I have a filter, and that's the spirit. And I say, that's crap. That's, that's not good. That's not truth. That is not truth. And then the next part here where he talks about sufferings, it says in, um, I don't want to skip any verses. I'm probably going ahead. Um, in 16, it says, the spirit testifies himself with our spirit that we are children of God and of children, heirs, also heirs of God and fellow heirs with with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. When my wife and I talk and my sister-in-law, and 
the sufferings that we might be going through with our family and our prayer is restoration. Our prayer is one day we will have relationship with, uh, with those family members. We pray that this, what we're going through is, would go away quick as we can, quick, right? Because it sucks. But we keep our eyes on Jesus. And some days are tougher than others. But this is what it's talking about. Nothing compares, though, to the sufferings he did for me. And, and speaking in the future, future is we will, want, we will be with him in glory. And then this next section, I've got a timer down here. I might be talking too long. There's eight minutes there. So um, they gave me too many verses. Some of you guys had only like five or eight. Um, So 19 through 22 says, For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption and the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. When I read this, I was like, this is really weird. It's like, we were just talking about the Spirit, and I'm a son, and now we're talking about creation. And I was, when it's weird, it's significant in God, in God's eyes. So, in my weirdness and going through the Bible, I discovered that creation here is talking earthly creation. God created us, right? And we, he put Adam and Eve in Eden, Eden to have direct fellowship with them. And then they ate of the tree of good, oh, good and evil knowledge. And that direct, that direction, the direct contact we, that Adam and Eve had, had been cut off. And so that's earthly, but heavenly creation as well. So he's talking about, I've, I, I believe that he's talking about that creation, earthly and heavenly, angels, the heavenly hosts, they all crave for us to be fellowship again. And this creation that I gather, again, I'm not, I didn't go to seminary, I just read my Bible. It says, um, all will rejoice when Jesus returns to set his kingdom on earth. See, this is God's ultimate plan of restoration. The cool thing is creation and us can't wait. So we and creation can have now contact, direct contact with God. That is the ultimate plan. That is future. This is future. But right now I have the spirit that lives inside me. And that is my direct contact. Through him, I can, 
I can talk to my father through because of Jesus and what he did for me. That is just, wow, right? And the only way that I can break it down for you is when I went through the things that I went through, I prayed to him and I saw things revealed to me. I had things affirmed to me through a lot of you people that live in, that are in this room, the love, the support, I have experienced that. Many a nights I spent with Dan Lukey in his house. I do UFC at my house. I know that's weird, but a lot of these guys come to my house and hang out with me. And, we, and it's just fellowship, right? It's walk, we're walking through this together. You're not in a rabbit hole by yourself. This is spiritual warfare. There's spiritual warfare. They're, his ultimate plan is not to, to pull you away from God, but ultimately he can't. But what he can do is just call chaos here on earth for you. And that chaos is family members turning on family members, or it could be death, or it could be illness, it could be anything, and he does not like that. He doesn't like this here, and this is what I missed when I, we, my wife and I took a sabbatical away from this. With two years, we were in California, and I, I told her, I said, I miss this right here. I miss my family because all you guys are my family. I love seeing Vicki Ward smile every week, and I just, you guys, this is real. And then I got four verses and I got like four minutes. So um says, uh, for we know, uh, it's our 23, and now only this, but also we receive ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown with ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. I really believe that that's Paul talking about the first, first, first Christians there. That's just me, my opinion, in that verse there. And that they are experiencing the first fruits of the Spirit. Now, fast forward, we're still experiencing those fruits of the Spirit, right? They just got those fruits of the Spirit because of the day of Pentecost. The next two verses are really cool, naming a, a lot to me says, for in hope we have been saved, but hope that is, that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. So if you guys want a cool thing, hope, hope is a really cool thing. It does not disappoint. And some verses when I've gone through some tribulations or trials, Romans five three through uh, three Romans five three through five have I I have be, I've baked a lot of days in these verses, and it says not only this but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. I don't like perseverance. Proven character. I like my character, and proven character leads to hope, and hope does not disappoint. 
because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who raised, who was given to us. So in those last two verses, I put my hope into something I couldn't see that night back in the first night of rehab. I didn't know all this that night. I didn't even know that the months that led me out of after the leaving there. But after I pursued him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, I discovered God's heart. I discovered a whole new world, and it was freeing for me. And I do, like I shared with you, my wife and I and my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, we're going through this together, and we're persevering through that. And you guys are probably going through similar situations in your lives. All I can say is putting your hope in Jesus is not going to disappoint. And like I said, I love Crowder. And I'm going to end this because I got five seconds. I don't think I'm going to read all this. But I'm hoping Rusty gives me some extra time. Crowder has a song out. It's called He Is. Oh, my gosh. When I first heard this song, my wife knows. I had goosebumps all over. I was like, holy moly, are you kidding me? I think he wrote it for me. He might have wrote it for you guys. I have no idea. It says, if you're troubled, heavily hearted, come to Jesus and find your peace. If you're running down, empty-handed, come to Jesus and find your strength. I know I was. He is hope for the hopeless. I was hopeless. Rest for the weary, ready for the hurt, help for the hurting. He is. He is. Mending the broken, bearing the burdens, all that you're needing, he is. If you're wandering in the darkness, come to Jesus and find your way. If you want freedom, whew, he, he can do it. Need forgiveness? Just come to Jesus and find his grace. He is the hope for the hopeless, rest for the weary, help for the hurting. He is, he is. Mending the broken, bearing the burdens, all that you're needing, he is. And this is my favorite part. My wife knows it. And I start crying. He's my comforter. Yep. Counselor. Yep. Prince of Peace. Yep. Author and maker of everything. Defender. Deliverer. King of Kings? Yep, he is. Definitely he is. I added to definitely. Helper and healer forevermore. Savior and shelter through every storm. My refuge, my redeemer, and the Lord of lords. He is. Child of heaven and the son of man. Provider, protector, the great I am. Alpha, omega, beginning and the end. He is. Hope for the hopeless. Rest for the weary, and it continues going through the rest of that song. All it does is it takes for you to believe, and and you get to experience the Spirit, which is a cool thing, and you get to experience Him and His love, and it's a lot of love in this room that's loved me, loved my wife, and has loved my family. And 
as we hang out together, you experience that love. But you have to walk out, you have to get out of your box, right, to be able to experience that love. And uh, I encourage you today, if you don't have that love, if you haven't experienced that love, connect with people and um, connect with a lot of us. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And if you're expecting someone perfect, then you probably found the wrong person. Um, But I love hanging out with you guys. And thank you, Rusty, for letting me talk today.